1: What's up, and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by, from Pixel Circus, Sage Ryan.
0: Oh, hello, friends. Oh,
1: hello. How was Star Wars Celebration in, in just a couple seconds, We gotta know.
0: It was incredible, it was chaotic, and it smelled a little funny.
1: Uh, there you go. That's a convention. They're back, baby! <laughs> <laughs> and rounded out the group this time is the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney.
2: <laughs> I am what you made me Tim
1: yes yes that's exactly it uh Carboni once again can't join us he has Star Wars work to do he's a fancy boy doing fancy things still so cool to ha- have one of our own just fucking rocking it on the Star Wars Celebration stage so so cool to see all the stuff uh he was in over the last couple days like the last week all that stuff so he'll hopefully be here next time he was supposed to be here this time but things happen so We'll we'll hope to have him next time. We'll get his thoughts on the the previous three as well. Uh, We're gonna
0: switch out next time.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, are, are you out next week? What's happening? Know. We'll have to figure it out. I don't know i don't know but stay tuned people are gonna be here each and every week talking about star wars obi-wan kenobi because this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in tv movies and trailers of course you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show live as it's recorded and ad-free, you got to go to patreon.com slash funny, just like our Patreon producers Gordon McGuire, Molecule, and Fargo Brady have done. And I am pleased to announce that it's a new month, and that means a new Patreon Platinum Tier reward. And it is this absolutely amazing, kind of funny, Top Gun Maverick-inspired shirt uh, designed by the one and only Cameron Kennedy, Uh, you know, I can't have a new favorite movie of all time without turning it into the kind of funny logo. That's just how things Goes go. With your mustache. Exactly exactly. It's the whole I was saying this before we went live to Sage, but it's like the worst thing about shaving a mustache for a bit for a episode of a show just means I have the bit forever following me. So well, no, welcome. at least
2: you'll have the shirt, Tim, and then you can, mm-hmm. you know, wear the shirt with the mustache, and people will be like, ah, Top Gun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That they're like, This guy, <laughs> this guy has a problem. Or This guy just watched top gun maverick in which case it's not a problem it's just that's how life works now uh but in addition to all of that uh stranger things volume four so far uh our review is up on the kind of funny screencast feed again find that all the same places you can find this that i just mentioned uh but without further ado i want to get right into it this is the big one this is kind of the one we've been waiting for the reunion between obi-wan kenobi and the artist formerly known as anakin skywalker Sage, I want to start with you. What did you think of this episode?
0: Uh, this episode was incredible. What's wild is I was thinking about it this morning, because obviously we all watch it when we're a little bit like loopy in the evenings after a full day. So I was kind of recapping in my mind this morning, and I was like, that whole episode was a chase scene. Um, and I started to criticize for it, but I had so much fun watching that I don't really have any complaints still about this show I enjoyed every moment of the chase it didn't feel repetitive in the moment it was only upon reflection that I was like he was literally running for that almost entire episode um but I also sat there and like squirmed in my seat and squealed a whole bunch the whole time um obviously this is the Vader we never got to see really uh which is also really interesting it's the most brutal Vader that I think that we've ever seen, which was one of the most impactful parts for me is like, we know Vader's the biggest, baddest guy, right? Like we know that he has committed atrocities and we know that he has just like, I mean, you know, created this horrific war, but like to watch him on an individual basis, um, not just kill people, not blow up a planet, which is this very like abstract thing to view happen, not grab a general of his own empire and strangle them, but like just walk by and merc civilians was wild. I was freaking out. What about you guys?
1: Barrett, what'd you think? Uh, I really
2: liked this episode. It was, it it was everything that Sage said also like with the context, right? Of like, this is, uh, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, like being back playing these characters finally together for the first time in 17 years, which is insane. Um, and I just yeah I loved the buildup of it uh, of like kind of like the it starts off as almost like a a speed walking chase and then it just gets faster and <laughs> faster and faster and faster throughout the episode and I I, I did really enjoy that because I did notice that of like it it, it does feel like one long chase uh, scene but I love that we still get the kind of smaller moments right of you know Obi and Leia at the beginning the, we need to talk about the, are you my real dad moment? Cause that was just absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Oh my God. I I, uh, that, like that hit me in a way that I did not expect and got me to tear up in a way that I did not expect. Um, Going from there to, you know, uh, meeting the, I I forget her name, but the, the woman, uh, I think her name is Tala, maybe Uh, the woman from uh, game of Thrones, um, who is like the, the the, kind of like an insider, in on the imp- uh, empire, but still helping Jedi and stuff like that. The name drop of uh, uh, Sage—you'll probably know how to actually say his name—is uh, I think uh, Quinlan um, Vos. I think
0: it's Quinlan uh,
2: Vos. Quinlan Vos, yeah. Uh, that name drop, and then just the the moment of you know, you go on ahead, Leia. I'm gonna distract the. Uh, I'm gonna distract him, and you know that it's not gonna go any way we want it to from here on out. And it's just, it was, it was visceral. It was heartbreaking. I loved it up until the very last moment. And that's all i have to say about that in a general sense for okay. now
1: for now Ooh, a all little right. tease for what's to come later in the conversation um i definitely love the hell out of this episode i'm a little conflicted on where i feel about it quality wise and i think as like, we keep doing these star wars shows i kind of feel like that's more and more just kind of becoming the sentiment of i i look at these things where this kind of delivered what i'm looking for and a lot of what i didn't expect from this this show is simultaneously giving me everything I expected to get out of it in terms of, like, we got to get Obi-Wan and, and Vader back. We have to make that make as much sense as it possibly can. We need to see the rematch. We need to have that all happen. We're getting all that. What I didn't expect was the Leia factor. I didn't expect the kind of, like, Lone Cub aspect that we, we've we seen before in, like, Mandalorian and we've seen before in many other forms of fiction with Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. And I didn't expect this to be as... uh depressing and slow of a story and I don't think that that's a criticism I think that they are are definitely using this as a character piece and I think that that's where Kenobi can kind of flex most at this point uh Mm -hmm. it is just kind of it's weird where this I I usually say this as a compliment but I think here it's where it's kind of catching me off guard a bit like the the Vader fight itself felt caught between Prequel era and original trilogy era in terms of it, it, its fighting and how it was uh, presented to us, and I think that it, it kind of—I'm um, going to need to rewatch this one to like really kind yeah. of sit with it and and see which moments are going to stick with me as like all-time greats because I think that there are obvious moments that are incredible, and I think that seeing Vader walk down that town and and just m- murder people as violently as he did, dragging that woman behind him like that stuff was like whoa. We've never seen this before, and it really stepped up what we saw from uh, Vader in in mm. even Rogue One of him like walking through the the, the infamous hallway, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's something about the Obi Wan fight where I found myself multiple times stopping and being like, "I don't do I like this or do I not like it? I don't know." And mm. like the whole time, I'm like, "When's he going to ignite the lightsaber? This is going to be such a moment," and it wasn't.
2: Yeah, no, it just yeah. kind of
1: happened, and it's yeah. that's the type of thing that I was like, "Huh." but then we'd be seeing the fight of them like with vader just being a ninja and like this this hulking dark mass having his lightsaber off and like hiding in the the shadows and stuff like i thought that was super rad especially with the use of the fog which was very original trilogy was getting a lot of empire vibes of um the the luke vader fight uh in the the you know where it's all like foggy and shit and i i loved that seeing the red and blue sabers like there was a a beauty to the cinematography of it all but then every once in a while i guess i'm just still vader's a tough one to get right because Mm -hmm. he was in the original trilogy and he moved a very specific way and it was limited you know then we get the prequels we know what lightsaber fights can look like where they're all like crazy and i think with this one when we see vader kind of move around more nimbly In a non-animated form uh i guess i just still i'm not used to it um and i think that even in rogue one seeing him walk around not that the hallway scene but the scene on uh mustafar like there's a a goofy quality to vader that i feel works in the context of the original trilogy being classics and like the way that those movies like look and were made but in this yeah yeah, exactly like but seeing vader in in this it's like there's multiple moments i'm like this just it feels goofy even though we know he's a badass and they prove he's a badass in this like uh i guess an example of a shot i'm talking about is when we have vader and obi-wan in the desert and obi-wan kind of looks at him looks left looks to the right and then just runs off off. (laughs) and it's like this is goofy and like it's, yeah. It should be a little bit more visceral and scary. And I know what they were going for, but like at multiple points where I was supposed to be feeling one thing, I was feeling something else. And I do mm. think maybe I just wasn't expecting certain stuff. And at the end of the day, I was not expecting this much of a depowered Obi-Wan. And I did not expect them to focus this much on him being completely out of touch with the force and seeing him get his ass kicked and the fire and him getting pulled through. Like for all my complaints, there is so much shit that I'm like, I am I am in. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Uh, I think him getting his ass kicked was maybe my favorite part of the episode, actually. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily just the fight itself, because I agree, there were moments of the fight where it was like, uh, you know, him running. I get what they were going for, and I think that what they were going for is, and what they've been doing for these first three episodes, is Obi-Wan is currently a bit of a coward. Yeah. And he showed his cowardice in a few different ways. He showed it emotionally, he showed it physically, um, you know, he showed his inability to, like, step up and be the Obi-Wan that we know from, you know, specifically prequels Obi-Wan. Um, and I think that they are really highlighting how far he has fallen because, like, there's no Jedi Order. There is no Obi-Wan Kenobi and hasn't been for 10 years. And that is enough time for me to get on board with him being completely disconnected from the Force. He hasn't ignited a lightsaber in 10 years. Yeah. You know, I think of, like, any physical skill that I have. I was a gymnast as a kid and a teenager it's been 10 years. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to do that. And if I try to, I will break my leg, a hundred percent. So watching him look, and they really committed, I think, on making him look extra scruffy this episode. So in that fight, when he's holding the saber and he like vaguely remembers what he's supposed to do, but doesn't have the strength or agility for it. And you can see his hair is a mess and he's scruffy and they made him look bad. And like, that's tough. It's Ewan McGregor. It's a beautiful man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they made him look like shit in yeah. that scene. Yeah. And I think that it like spoke so much of how like weak he was. Mm.
2: Yeah. I I, mm. I do like the, again, what they were going for. Cause I could see it of like, they wanted that fight to be awkward. Right. And it's, it is this very emotional moment where he's seeing uh, his brother for the first time in 10 years and, um, and actually see him for what he is now, right? And it, it's one of those weird things. It's everything that you were saying, Sage, of just, like, he hasn't done this in a, such a long time. It's He's not going to be this, like, badass superhero that everybody's expecting him to be, right? Um, and so it's, yeah, it was awkward, and I think it was meant to be awkward, but I think the type of awkward that it was at moments wasn't the it didn't come off like the the right type of like awkward that they were trying to go for cuz yeah the you know kind of like running off to the side yeah. was like that was like a almost a comedic beat and so like, again i know what they were going for but you know it just like the way that almost like the the timing of that shot and stuff like that like i i, I wonder if there could have been another shot or another angle uh that they that were shown that that could have worked a little better um and also like i i do kind of like because, yeah, we were expecting in this show, like, for him to f- turn the saber on for the first time in 10 years. We felt like that was going to be a like a badass moment, right? Yeah. And it wasn't. And I actually like that a lot. And it's because it's it's very much of the, you know, it, it harkens back to, you know, the, the kind of old storytelling trope of, like, where you, you try to be this thing too soon in your journey, right? You know, there's the shot of... Uh, I, I think back, I don't know why, to this specifically, but, like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, right, where Miles looks up at the Spider-Man uh, suit in the, his reflection, and halfway through the movie, he's only, like, he's not fully there. He doesn't fully see himself in the Spider-Man suit. And then we, when we get, like, him coming back and actually becoming his own Spider-Man, we get that same shot, but he's fully in there and stuff like that. And I think that's something similar here, where, you know, uh, Obi is, like, kind of, he feels like he's forced to being used this lightsaber, um and not actually wanting to. And I, I I do think if they're playing it out, like the way that I think they might be, like, I do think we're going to actually get Mm -hmm. like a, him turning on the lightsaber Obi-Wan seconds, is and, back and it's obi a moment yeah yeah um and so yeah like it, it it was weird and awkward in that moment but in that case i did like it um but yeah everything else in that fight like jesus christ like you and talked about in interviews of like you know there have been there were some moments like filming where like vader would pop out and i would actually like scream a little bit because he was so <laughs> scary we got to see that i i'm pretty yeah. sure of like where he literally
1: pops out of nowhere um, yeah
0: he was a so, horror movie villain yeah this.
1: oh my god the use of silence Violence, it's was, so not Star Wars. Like it's it it, so again, wasn't the,
0: Star Wars.
1: The one time we got that was in Last Jedi with the the yeah, uh, Star the, Destroyer thing, yeah. right? Like the so it's like we got it twice in this episode. Like they they did it multiple times of setting up like yo you were being stalked by Vader and like he's about to fuck you up and how he fucks him up. It's so much more brutal than I would have ever imagined this fight this rematch right? to end like. Him lighting it on fire, dragging him through is like, and especially with the lines of dialogue, it is, as uh, Carboni would say, it's Shakespearean. <laughs> like, it's just like, I love how they they just, they committed to that whole vibe. I will say it felt a little bit, um, I I feel like I need to rewatch it to understand his injuries because it, feel, it felt so violent and like he was getting burned. And then you see him and he just looks like, I, I don't even know, like minorly hurt. Oh like, no! When the, the like, droids if Droids come look,
0: and pick him up, you can see. Yeah, he yeah, is. He is s- fucked up. Sinched, but like tr- his
1: face didn't look it. Like, yeah,
0: that's true. They definitely went the movie pretty route of not really fucking up his face. But like the way that was Lang was down on his side like yeah, that, like, and yeah. that entire side is destroyed, like borderline Anakin burned on yeah. some of it.
1: Which is interesting, but I just think that knowing what happened to Anakin, like, and granted, yeah. he's literally caught on fire and we saw him go, but it's like, that happened real quick, and it's just like, for somebody that is this out of touch with the Force, like, I would think like, if he had the Force, I could be like, oh, it's healing. He has a protection. He has some shit. But for mm-hmm. this character that is supposed to be at his weakest, I just thought that for how brutal it was, I don't think that we saw the ramifications of it Um, for as brutal as that, that seemed to be. However, how likely is it that we, this is how we get our fucking flashbacks, y'all. He's gonna end up in a back to tank, and we're gonna get some Clone Wars <laughs> flashbacks. No! The
2: Boba I Fett think it's Tro- inevitable.
1: <laughs> I think it's gonna happen. <laughs>
0: I don't know if this is a back-to-tank injury. I don't know. I hope that it isn't a back-to-tank-level injury. We've already seen one back-to-tank this show. I've had enough. Uh, Vader can have his. I don't want to put everybody in a back-to-tank.
2: Boba Fett had a back-to-tank every episode, and we've only gotten one so far in three episodes. They need to up their back-to-tank I think that we have to consider
0: the balance between the series, right? we got to factor in all the back-to-tanks across Mando, Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan, and I think that we're ratioing still very high.
1: <laughs> Yo, speaking of flashbacks, though, not necessarily a flashback, but we saw Hayden Christensen. We saw him standing in the desert. Didn't expect that out of all the ways to get Hayden involved in this show. I was not expecting him to be a live vision. That's not a force yeah. ghost. None of that stuff. Just that's him. Question, what
0: do you think that that was? Do you think that that was, A, Obi-Wan just so overcome with guilt and post-traumatic stress that he is simply seeing things within a desert? Because we all know the effect that deserts have generally on people's minds when you're out there for too long. Or do we think that Anakin was force projecting in in some capacity? Because in the next scene, they know that he's there. Not necessarily force projecting, but like creating that image essentially within his mind, communicating through the force to Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. Yeah. I did that's kind of was my read on it. I don't think I thought that like deeply about it, but I think you're you're right. But I did th- the fact that it was that combined with the next scene of them knowing where he was, and then getting the scene of Obi Wan feeling Vader. Th- they, those were sh- shot similarly. Oh uh, my like, god, The was...
0: scene of him feeling Vader.
1: Uh, I know. Can so we talk
0: about it? We're going so out of we, order. We, we, I even yeah, put up like, really an quick. order of the uh, episode just, to try and go out in order. Just
2: before we uh, move off of this point, right? I, I think it might be like an in-between. It's not... I To me, it felt not so much of like uh, Vader specifically, like kind of like being like, hey, I'm like looking for you. But I... Uh, to me, it felt more of the other side that like Obi feels his presence is coming, you know, mm. and the only like thing he really knows of besides him burning alive is like that image of him being, you know, Anakin Skywalker, uh, yeah. Darth Vader without the, the suit. Right. So that that's that's kind of how it read to me in that moment. I would have to go back and, and watch it again to to kind of see any other interpretations. But
0: yeah,
1: uh, real quick before we move on, I'll tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now, I'm wearing the Me shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies, and then boom, Me Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here. at kind of funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that. But if you don't, let's face it summer's sweaty but your butt doesn't have to be with me light and breathable micromodal fabric you can stay comfy and cool all summer long they have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from but if you just like classic black that's totally cool too they got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for they have super fun seasonal prints tons of styles and sizes extra small to 4xl so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room me has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers you can get Fifteen percent off if you sign up for their free to join membership. You can apply that fifteen percent off to their already discounted membership prices to get fifteen percent off your first order and a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Go to meundies.com/kinda funny. That's meundies.com/kinda funny. Tell them Tim Getty sent you. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. Uh, so. What are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. That's chim ecom com slash KF games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at chime.com slash KF games games shout out to credit karma for sponsoring this episode want a new credit card but not sure how to choose you don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail credit karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence i love credit karma i've been using it for years to check my credit profile make sure everything is good and on the up and up Uh, credit karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation credit karma partners with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure you're exploring all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you. That's credit dot And now we're back. Question for y'all: Was ordered in Luma? Is that a reference to something when they had their fake little code names?
0: I wasn't able to track this reference at one o'clock in the morning. I will happily look it up. Yeah, I felt I don't like know, it was just... just
2: like a you know when you know uh, non Star Wars fans try to name Star Wars characters like even Cameron Kennedy <laughs> in our live chat called obi-wan at some point obert Knobert. Um, and so like i wonder if it was just kind of that of like this uh uh leia i think is the one who names them right like i don't know if they discussed yeah. beforehand of like so i think that was just like a you know here's here's my dad his name is Orden, and i'm luma because our names start with l and o and shit like that that's yeah yeah that's also how it yeah. read to me i, I, to me.
0: I didn't catch characters. it as like a a wink I did look up really quick on uh Star Wars fandom uh Luma the only thing that comes up is Luca was a Tuka female uh it was taken by her owner to the planet Batuu during the war between the first order and the resistance which doesn't make sense to be referenced here um yeah. but that's the other time that that name seems to have come up um I love so. how
2: Obi-Wan blows it in that scene too like yeah. uh, hold on like we need to talk about Freck and yep. the boot liquor that Freck yeah. is, and the oh piece. Oh my like, god! And it's done so well, like I know there's a, like, just the kind of like slight commentary that they have here, of like this friendly. F- this, <laughs> yeah.
1: well, The most
2: sl- heavy handed thing I've ever seen, I loved it. Well, you know, slight commentary for people who, you know, can't read into things. Um, you know, the friendly face, I'm just an ordinary guy, Oh, but then you know, there's a you know an Empire bumper sticker on the back of my uh, so car here. Um, yep. Oh, yeah, that Empire, they're great, the right? Way he's Who would ask about for it? some order? You know, like so good, and like the way that he's being a friendly face the entire time, even when the he picks up the stormtroopers. I love that interaction. Um, and and just, like, the way that Obi fucks up the the cover, and then, like, how they try to recover Obi and Leia, like, played so well off of each other in that scene, and then to, like, end it with, like, you know, Freck's going to the checkpoint, he's like, oh, yeah, it's it's gonna be fine, and he's like, you might want to check these fucking weirdos out, and it's like, you fucking bootlicker, you piece of shit. I'm
0: gonna be real Jewish about this, because there are, like, there were, like, three moments in this that I was like, oh, okay, I see what we're doing. We're doing, like, a World War II thing here, in the sense of, There were multiple parts. One was the carvings into the walls in the like safe house. I was like, okay, right? Like, is this through uh, a Jewish family lens? Maybe in my brain, but also that, and then just the combination of him being in the car and just being like, yeah, that empire, right? And Mm -hmm. we've never really seen the civilian engagement with the empire before in the like neutrality of it all.
2: Yeah. We've um, always seen, like, the the opposing side of the Empire. Exactly. The just, we like, have people seen people who yep. exist under it.
0: Exactly. We have seen people that are impacted by it negatively, whether it's civilians that are just impacted by Imperial presence on their planet um, or literally rebels. Uh, and then we have seen people that are part of the Empire. And to see somebody who is just, like, just a pro-Empire guy... That was wild. And, of course, they made him, like, really, like, personable and seem really nice. Was it Zach Braff?
1: I don't know who that was. It sounded because, very familiar, though. So, I thought and it was Seth Rogen. IMDb. When he was talking, I thought it was Seth Rogen, and then I looked in the credits, and Zach Braff is credited. It, it doesn't say uh, That's got to be Braff then, yeah. yeah. So, I think it must be him, which is, like, uh, yeah, a fun choice. it
2: reminded me of Rogen, but I was like, it's not, like, Rogan has like almost like a, a deeper like grumble It's deeper. in his, in yeah. his voice. Yeah, rumble's like, a good word. Yeah. And so yeah. uh yeah, uh I and I know we're jumping all over the place. I apologize. Real quick, well oh, I want I want to
1: say on this part on the because I I loved this scene, record. and I I think that they they balanced the the humor with the reality of these stormtroopers like continuing Mm -hmm. that stormtroopers are kind of idiots like there is the the joke side of it that's like referencing the original trilogy and them always missing and all that stuff but i feel like we've had enough of it now uh from mandalorian and from like this and, and other examples where they are just real people and so we're starting to see that like they're not all the same type of stupid And I think that that kind of like makes it uh, less of a joke and more of like, no, this is just the reality. These are people that were drafted that aren't necessarily qualified for the type of roles, these military militaristic roles that they're put in. Um, But having the that 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 force tension of. Leia and Obi-Wan being in the the back of the truck with them and, and the conversations that they were having, like, I thought was handled so well. And when Obi-Wan blew the cover, I was like, this is so lame. I hate this. But then to, for the, to them to use that as the stormtrooper, like, th- totally just buying into the next lie that Obi-Wan did, I thought was great. And it totally made up for it. And it allowed the amazing moment between Obi-Wan and Leia of him talking about her mother. And of course he can't lie. Her in it. <laughs>
0: Obi-Wan's always been a dweeb. (laughs) Obi-Wan has always been a dweeb and a narc. And Obi-Wan is one of my favorite characters (laughs) in all of Star Wars. But like... You know what I mean? Like he was Jedi Council. Qui Gon challenged the Council. Obi Wan was like, "Okay, I'm kind of just here. I kind of don't want any trouble." You know what I mean? Like Dad, He was yeah. on embarrassing who was like, me. Hey, like I just right. want to be
2: like cool in front of the other like <laughs> exactly. nerds here. Anakin,
0: know? don't get me in trouble. Quit it. Just listen to the people. <laughs> Come on. So like, of course he can't lie, and also obviously he's very distracted. He's very fixated on the Anakin thing. But of course, Leia can yeah. absolutely. I will reference again that the first thing we ever get to see Leia do in the original trilogy is lie she shows up and she says i am a member of the imperial senate on a diplomatic mission to alderaan to vader the scariest (laughs) presence in the galaxy (laughs) of course as like a 10 year old she was sitting there like i've got the story don't worry about it her parents are politicians (laughs) she was raised to lie and i I think that was iconic
2: yeah it was so good sorry go ahead
0: do you think Obi-Wan was in love with Padme now
1: dude I'm telling y'all this for me I was like oh did they seriously just drop this two weeks after we did our episode three rewatch yo oh, there it. is enough there and I'm telling you that it is there is there is truth to it and I the thing is I think there's enough inconsistencies overall <laughs> and there in terms of the stories that are being told across all of the different uh kind of mediums at this point but I do think that that there, at some point, were drafts of the original of the prequels where that was the intention. That there was some form of love triangle to some extent.
2: Yeah, and, and I brought it up when we did our episode three rewatch because, like, it's not like that. That's what his final kind of uh, version of the like the the movie was supposed to be. But there were just subtle like bones there where it's like, okay, he was. I think he was trying to do something here. I, it didn't come off that way to me, especially, like, now with all the stories that we've gotten with Obi-Wan, you know, like, uh, to me at least, you know, he has only ever loved Satine. Um, and so, for me, that felt more of, like, she was important to him in a, in a sense of just, like all the things that they had gone through together. Also just thinking back on how important she was to Anakin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's how that scene, uh, read to, to me more so than, than anything else. Um, but that's also me just being like uh, he I just want him to, you know, stay a, a sad boy who, you know, just sat over his uh, a den, a dead fake girlfriend, Satine. Yeah, um.
0: I think I might be on the ship. I think I might be in. I think I'm, I'm boarding. <laughs> true, true, let's go. I think <laughs> I'm boarding. I think it was really cute. I don't think it's true, but I'm going to ship it. OK. Um, I think that he one way or another, I think it's like intentionally not interpreted even maybe by him. I don't think he actively was in love with Padme Um, I I think he feels extremely responsible for her death. He feels extremely responsible for the outcome because he feels responsible for everything Anakin has done. Um, Mm -hmm. And one way or another, he loved Padme um, in a way that might not have necessarily been interpreted romantically, but he loved and cared about her very, very much um, in a way that made this very painful. But what if they
1: kissed? (laughs) (laughs) What if they just went in? So two uh, potential theories that at this point I think are just becoming all but confirmed. Uh, by this episode that we started last week with episodes one and two, but I think now are, are even more it's happening one <laughs> We're getting Qui-Gon shit. Like, it's an inevitability oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in yes. some way, shape, or form. We are going to get him, and it's going to be awesome. He's going to come, and
2: I'm, I'm telling you, I think it was last uh, last week where I said, like, he's going to come at the end of episode five, right before the finale, to uh, hype up our boy Obi-Wan. And That's like, when we get the real yo. Obi-Wan back. Yeah, and he's like, yo, <laughs> you have lost your way, and I know I'm sorry I left you with all of this stuff with absolutely no instruction, but you have lost your way, dude.
1: Dude. I hope he says dude. Uh, and then the other thing that is like we, we said it last week, but now it's 100% locked for me is Reva is 100% uh, going to be mad at Obi-Wan for not helping the kids out or whatever because we get the, the dialogue lines from Yoda. Being like only pain you will find if you like look at that and it's like those specific yep. moments and I it's like they is. were cutting that with the the Reva stuff I'm like okay cool y'all are definitely getting this this ready to make a lot of sense and I appreciate that I thought Reva was much better utilized in this episode than Mm -hmm. the first two having said that what she's doing right now it's still just kind of the same thing kind of on repeat where she's just always a little bit behind in the chase but i think that adding the dynamics with the rest of the inquisitors now that the grand inquisitors out of the way makes it a lot deeper and uh her dealing with the the fifth brother han um uh, I loved that dynamic, and I think that it, it adds just a, a level of depth that I was missing the last two episodes from Yeah, and,
2: and that's something that's, like, kind of, like, talked about in, like, other um, uh, pieces of media with the Inquisitors, right? Of, like, there's a lot of, you know, the, they're technically a group together, right? But they don't really fight for each other right they don't give a shit about each other um and I, I i loved that we got to actually see that in this show of like more of the infighting and you know uh the fifth brother being like that share is going to belong to me and stuff like that and him trying to take the credit of of finding obi-wan on the mining planet and all of this stuff and her uh, kind of uh, snapping back with the like, take the credit, but you know where you know you know where I'm gonna stand at the end of all this. And it's like they all believe in themselves so much uh, to a, a definite fault. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting, especially like them kind of like continuing down this hole of like, yeah, it seems like like he's gonna pay for the Grand Inquisitors' de- uh, and then Vader cuts her off. She doesn't. I don't think she fully says death. Um, You know, and uh, Vader being like, if you get this done, like, yeah, I will make you the Grand Inquisitor. I think all that's very interesting, um, especially what we know from, like, Rebels and stuff like that of, like, how are they going to kind of go down this, uh, continue down this hole of, like, where is he at? Is he actually dead? I don't think he is because I think it'd be very weird to have this one guy be the Grand Inquisitor and then have just another dude who looks exactly like him be a Grand Inquisitor later down the line. Whatever, um, and yeah, my my only like main kind of head scratcher this episode was the very end with uh, with Reba, where Leia runs into her at the end.
1: Um, Top shirt again.
2: Yeah, that was where I was like,
1: "Sorry, right. the princess is in another castle." Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we see the dead pilot, which is really sad, but it, it was it, it felt like just one of those like, "All right, oh, so this is where we're going." Yeah, we're we're going on repeat. For the next like uh, episode or two and stuff like that, and uh, you know maybe there's going to be like a different context where it doesn't feel super repetitive, but I didn't love the you know Leia's getting captured again bit. I know it's them mm-hmm. trying to like make sure she continues on this journey with Obi Wan that they like get together again that she's not just going back to Alderaan and, and safe so we don't get any more of her because I'm, I imagine when they were shooting this and writing this they were like fully in on like Leia and wanting to see as much of her as possible um, and Vader
1: right like i feel like leia has to meet vader at some point and like it doesn't have to be during this show but i feel like with the yeah, way yeah. that these star wars shows work i feel like they're going to want cuz she references him in a new hope as if she's met him before and granted yes. there's many years in between that she could have met him after the, this initial situation but i think her being captured here is like setting up some level of confrontation between them
0: mm. Mm. yeah i can see that which is also terrifying the idea of reva bringing her to her father who is Darth mm-hmm. Vader and she doesn't know, that's all horrifying and wild and very, very interesting to me. Uh, the other thing that I found interesting about Leia during this episode in particular, is there were a few moments that I feel like nodded to her being force sensitive. Um, specifically when they're standing in the little hideout and um, Tala, did we say, what, that was her name?
1: Tala. I think it's Tala, yeah.
0: Tala. Um who was so ta- Who was phenomenal. So, I- so good. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, I love her so much. And I when um, she showed
2: up, I was like, oh, Game of Thrones lady. Yeah. And I totally forgot she was casted in this. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. She's like, a, like, uh, working for the Empire. Yeah. Right. She's I a bad guy. And then it. the way they I flipped did. that on you is so good. I got,
1: I got got. When they yeah. flipped it, I was like, yes, let's go. Like, they yeah, totally so surprised cool. me. With also, it. sorry. It's re- really continue. quick. Just the uh, yeah. tiny
2: moment of the stormtrooper getting sliced in half by oh, the thing. Yes, I just wanted to that shout that awesome. out just really Wild. quick. Sorry. Uh, continue. Yeah.
0: Um, so when she's speaking about it, uh, and Leia is asking questions about the Jedi, and they're like, has everyone that has come through he, uh, through here been a Jedi? Is that all of the people that you're essentially smuggling out? And she was like, no, the, for, the, the Empire is even coming for anybody who's Force-sensitive, including children. And they immediately cut to a close-up on Leia's eyes. And it shows to me, not only are they telling us, because we know, obviously, uh, I think she knows at this point. She feels something. She was yeah. asking earlier Obi-Wan what the Force felt like. like. Which is so uh, cool. It's so cool. Um, so I think that at this point, it tells us that she knows that she has some kind of connection to the Force.
2: Yeah, she's kind of putting the pieces together. Because that's how it read to me in the first, like, two episodes as well. Like, where she's talking shit to her cousin. That felt like not something she actually knew, but something that she kind of, like... Read from him in, like, a force kind of way of, like, oh, these, th- these are literally all the beats that are going in the back of your mind right now, and I can read that from you um, yeah. in a very subtle way. And, so cool. uh, yeah, there's uh, there were little moments like that uh, in the first episode and even the second episode. I forget what specifically uh, – there's like an interaction with Obi-Wan that was like, hmm, that's, you know, uh, people are are kind of upset like that she's acting more adult than a, uh, you know, than a 10-year-old would act. But it's like, all right, well, it's Leia Organa. She's a senator's daughter. She's also like force sensitive, you know, like uh, that's what like, that's why I was sold on it and like why I absolutely love how they're adapting her uh, as like a 10-year-old version of Leia. Um, But yeah, I I, I loved that moment too of like her kind of putting the pieces together of like, oh, I might be – I might be one of those force sensitive kids. Oh no.
1: (laughs) I'm in danger. Uh, Another little thing like that, like uh, Sage, you were talking about her asking what the force feels like, which I, I love that type of lore building stuff, but also Obi-Wan talking about being taken from his family and talking about like, I, I think I had a brother, like, that it, it's so dark and you know the jedi are the good guys like the whole episode three like there's there's heroes and villains on both sides or whatever it's like damn man like the jedi were taking people from their families and in some cases that was a good thing and could help them get out of slavery in the case of anakin yeah. uh but it sounds like in most cases it is just you're a force sensitive kid and you're going to be taken away. And, and like to the point that you don't know that you have a brother, (laughs) like you think you did, you know? So, uh, I thought that that hit real hard. And I think that that idea is the biggest surprise to me, uh, from the show so far where it is that level of look at Obi-Wan and who he is as a person and not just who he is as a Jedi and who he is in relation to helping, apprentices or luke under him uh but actually like who he is deeper and like we don't really get that in live action like he's always kind of just been the middle management <laughs> of the whatever the the heroes are that we're getting um and i, I know that you know clone wars uh, handles that differently but live action wise i think that it's really cool to to get that and clearly we're going to get that in a show called obi-wan kenobi but we didn't get that about boba fett in a show called boba fett so i don't. True.
0: Yeah, I think that this show is highlighting um, the realities of the Empire and the realities of the life of Jedis in a way that this only, I think, Obi-Wan Kenobi show can, um, which is where it lands for me. And it is still landing for me as my favorite Star Wars television.
2: That's yeah, exciting stuff. I'm kind of on the same uh, kind of beat with you, even though there's, you know, some things in this episode where I was like, eh, but, like, I I, I still overall, like, really adored it uh, like you said I I think like the, the kind of chase uh, scene episode that this was I, I think it was done really well um, I just wanted to shout out a couple of lines that were said that felt like so over the top, kind of like tropey of you know, action speak louder than words uh, yep. from from Tala. Where I was like, I loved it. I loved it in that moment where I was like, oh, that's so fucking cheesy, but like you, you got me there. Uh, shout out to Net B as well. I really liked Net B, even though like he had absolutely no personality because he literally like couldn't talk or anything. But I still, I loved the <clears throat> that droid design. Um, and then also cool. the well, I love him. that action speaks
1: louder than words. Like like yeah. all the shots of him with the the thing behind an Oh yeah, with the like, hammer and like, stuff like that I, like was, i thought that was so beautifully yes. done because he he spoke without speaking like yeah. he literally did what she just said I, I thought that was very very cool the
2: other thing is you should have killed me when you had the chance and you know my pop punk uh uh you know buddies out there will know there's like when vader said that a data remember just started playing in the back of my head and i was like that's where we're going right now vader all right yes. like we're going full emo kid okay um and i i just thought that was uh hilarious but um yeah, the one question I think I have left, just going through my notes, is, um, you know, you see Reva kind of um, discover the the path's kind of hidden room, um, which I definitely think, because they've set that up, like, we're going to see the path and kind of other stuff going forward in the next couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, whether that's, like, Bad Batch or maybe even Jedi Fallen Survivor and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. Reba goes into that room and she sees all these messages from different Jedi. She's looking at the symbol. And I, I I don't remember. Like that looks like just like the kind of like generic Star Wars Jedi symbol, right? When they do advertisements of just like the 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 light side and stuff like that. And she gets angry. And the way it read to me in that moment almost was that like. Because we know, like, how it was set up in, I think, uh, the second episode where the Grand Inquisitors, like, you came to us from, like, the, the sewers or the gutters or something like that. So my assumption is that there was a time where she was hiding before she joined up with the Empire and stuff like that. And that moment, because of that, that moment read to me of, like, almost, like, this hint of jealousy that while she was in hiding, she didn't mm. get to, like... Find these type of people to like help her in a way. Like the way that she yeah. walks away from that and like how angry she is felt less of like oh, they got away and stuff like that. And it was more of just like this. Why the fuck wasn't this there for me when I was lost? Right. Yes, uh, I, I agree. That was interesting. So I was yeah Please I was wondering Reva what you guys uh, felt about that. <laughs>
0: I yeah. love Reva. I think she's incredible. I think that her performance has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I agree that there's a lot of depth to it, where it leaves me with so many cool questions. Um, and I agree, the feeling that I'm getting is no one helped me. And how dare they? How dare you try to convince me that the Jedi are the good guys when they did this to me? They took me from my family, which we're learning is you know a huge part of this, and then look what happened, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's very interesting. heartbreaking. I can't wait to learn, like actually, like the the you know, there's got to be another flashback scene. We got to kind of like see the follow up to the the first scene from episode, uh, the first episode, right? Um, and I can't wait to see, kind of like fully see that and uh, get her full side of things, which will be interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're in an interesting place now, halfway through the show. We have three episodes left, I and I feel like uh, I. I, I it kind of seems to me like a lot of the plot is already like out of the way. And I just feel like, like I'm hoping we don't just get caught in a loop of like chasing after chasing after chasing. Now it's gonna uh, be character, I hope we got Character, character sit with it yeah. a little bit more, uh, which is interesting for a show that like, All in has been pretty slow, but I think they're deliberately using that to do something different. And and so far, I think it's really working out. So I'm super excited. Let us know in the comments below uh, what you thought about the rematch. Uh, Part one, I imagine there'll be the the part two that they've been been teasing as well. Um, Hopefully it goes a little bit better for our boy. Uh, But let us know if... They do end up in a back to tank and we get some flashbacks. What What do you want to see? What do you want to see <laughs> from the the flashbacks there? Uh, and hopefully Carboni will join us next week. But and Sage. hopefully
2: next week yes. we can talk to, about Dex with him. I just want to see our boy Dex. Hashtag, uh, hashtag bring back Dex, okay?
1: Come on, figure it out. Sage, where can people find you?
0: You can find me everywhere on the internet at NotSage or at Pixel Circus on Twitch, uh, where I host a show with Anthony and play a bunch of D&D and stuff.
1: You'll love to see it. Until next time. Love you guys. Bye.